0: Welcome back, y'all, to episode 180-something of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So whenever you kind of get into the process of what's going on in Ukraine, and Russia, to be honest with you, I wasn't keeping as much track of it probably as I should. And as a result of this podcast, I've started to learn more and more about Russia, Putin, and some of the figures around Putin. Well, in this podcast, I kind of wanted to get into some actual tactical ground level strategy of some things that are going on currently within Russia. Now, if I was doing some type of analytics or some type of approach, and I was looking at a potential strategy for what the Putin regime is doing within Ukraine, I might look at a few of these indicators. so some news I want to cover um, about what's going on in Russia so uh, there's a story that broke yesterday, and it's not getting as much press maybe as it should, but Russia is actually potentially draining a massive reservoir within excuse me while I butcher this Zaporiza. This is a province within Ukraine, and there's actually quite a large aqueduct there called the Kahofa Reservoir. So within this reservoir, you have a lot of water. It 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 is one of the biggest reservoirs within Ukraine. It's a lot of drinking water, and there's been a story kind of consisting that since November of 2022, this reservoir has experienced some high levels of drainage. So it's really draining a lot, probably draining more than it ever has within the last thirty years. So if we look at this measurement, it's gone down quite dramatically. And I've looked at a a data a data chart going back to two thousand eighteen that does in meters. So if you can think about it, usually it's about sixteen meters high, and for all of my American people, that is fifty two feet tall. So that's about how deep the reservoir is—a fifty two feet, which is it's really deep. So since then it's gone down about fourteen meters, which is roughly, I'm gonna go ahead and guess close to thirty-eight feet. So quite a large, large amount of water. Now, it so why do why do people potentially think that it's the Russians? Well, there's no there's no consistent yes or no on it. This is mostly just a hypothesis or a hunch based on the drainage. Now I have some thoughts as to why. But whenever they look at it, they're um originally they were looking at geospatial images of the reservoir over the last um, last decade, kind of indicating what potentially it could be. And what they think it is 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 there is some in fact water draining from it. Now, strategically, if you are draining the water within this reservoir, you're kind of hampering the capabilities of the people with you in, in Ukraine. But one of the more interesting things that are coming out about this is it's actually tied to the Zaporiza nuclear power plant. So this nuclear power plant relies on water from this reservoir and it's it's consolidated into heavy water and as you guys know what happens within a nuclear reactor is that the water comes in and drops on the core and the core produces steam and that's what in fact is turning the turbines. Now you just cannot shut down a nuclear reactor It has to maintain or potentially it could create an issue. It could melt down because it's too hot. So if we're looking at this location, it seems like this is not the Russians' first attempt at this particular nuclear reservoir. So if you're taking out, if you're draining this water, you're kind of getting double bank for your buck where you're you're kind of forcing people not to have drinking water, but you're potentially doing something with this nuclear reactor that could force a hand. We don't know what it could be. But we do know this region has been tack, attacked quite a bit. I mean, even going back to the August 2022, the Russians were trying to send rockets, potentially is what the Ukrainians were saying, into this power plant, power, power plant. So you're getting this whole situation that strategically there's something about this location that's, that's unique. So it could be a number of things, potentially shooting out and having more strategic capabilities within this Front, but in a lot of ways, it could potentially be a Sun Tzu reference or it's death by a thousand cuts where it's coming in and trying to really focus on how to cut and dismember as much as a functioning society in Ukraine as it can. Remember, whenever you are an arc- occupying force in a country, you have to come up with a lot of tactics because for the simple fact, whenever you invade a country, it's probably one of the most difficult things to do from a military standpoint because you have to go in. Go through the process of winning hearts and minds and doing everything you possibly can. In fact, invading countries within the modern era has really bogged down a lot of economies and caused a lot of issues. For example, if you look at what happened with Afghanistan in the United States and also what happened in Afghanistan with the Soviet Union. So whenever you're going into an environment, you know, the Russians potentially are trying to do whatever they can to get the upper hand in order to eliminate what could be happening within this this particular area. Now, what's so interesting is it kind of caveats into another story that's currently going on within Moldova. So sometimes whenever we talk about strategic aspects within kind of geopolitical constructs, we're looking at the strategy now. So the strategy of how to influence and how to take over. Before, I've done podcasts On the individual named Alex Dugan, who is really offering this kind of strategic knowledge of the Eurasia neoconservatism, where they're really focusing on how to build back what the Soviet Union had, but not with necessarily communist principles, more conservative principles that identify what in fact makes them Eurasianists. So whatever they think they really are doing is trying to develop a lot of countries in order to push out the Western methodology and kind of take back the Eurasian methodology. Now, Alex Dugan, I've done a podcast on him, a pretty interesting guy, is affiliated to be called, quote unquote, Putin's brain, allowing a strategic strategy to take place in order to give the Russians identity. So what they say is uh, prior to this point, maybe in the 90s, you had Khrushchev indicating that the biggest current issue within Russia is that the Russians have no identity. Now, I think that currently, right now, there is, in fact, a play going on for Moldova. Now, the reason why this is potentially being said is, once again, this is all information that's coming out of an open-source concept, so you know it could be manipulated, and it's obviously coming out of a war environment, and obviously the first truth that's lost in war is the first thing told. Wait, what's the saying? I'm sorry. In war, truth is the first casualty. So... I just want to really put this out there like judging it from a neutral standpoint. So whenever we talk about Moldova, Moldova was at one point a part of the Soviet Union and what what President Liz, Lizin, Zelensky is indicating is that they actually um kind of took a a signal intelligent message being sent to Moldova and they kind of obtained it indicating that they think that potentially Russia is doing this play in order to influence Moldova and change out leaders in order to make sure that they don't stay within the UN and they're still Russian supporters. Now that could that is gonna be a soft approach. If you do look at the Alvin, Alex Dugan mindset of keeping this this one larger Russia in order to create a stronger power, then it it really goes in line with that strategy of potentially what's happening. So it's really it's that's so if we have that going on, it's really showing that this war is on multiple fronts right now. We have them interacting and facilitating what's going on with national leaders within Moldova. And what does that mean? Well, the Moldovan prime minister is indicating that she's resigning because of a crisis action about Russian aggression. So her kind of standpoint is she's been in this office for 18 months and it's just not getting easy. And what she kind of wanted to do was help potentially help maybe i think at a western standpoint on it and she resigns because you know if we look at moldova as a country it's only about 2.5 million but it's actually bordering ukraine and it's and its and the eu and nato member states now whenever we look at it romania has struggled to cope with a lot of these issues as a result of the energy crisis that is influxing ukraine and the refugees so we have multiple crises going on within this region and the Moldovan prime minister is stepping out. So if we're looking at it at a strategic play, if um, Putin just gained leverage in Moldova, it's really giving more and more leverage to the, the, the environment as a whole. And it's also showing a long term play. So if there's a long term play going like this within the country that they could squeeze more aspects of Ukraine and potentially have that happen, it to me really shows a long term intent and a long term investment in order to win Russia. Now, remember, if Putin does not win Russia, then it's going to look very, very poor from a propaganda standpoint. It's really going to take this ideology that we've talked about before with the neoconservatism, not neoconservatism, that's the United States, the neo-Eurasianism that is being created by Alex Dugan and kind of, and kind of killing it. So we're seeing that this push for both these regions and looking at how what's happening with the water reservoir they're trying to weaken the area okay potentially what's going to happen with the power that could pinch that could be shut off or you have a nuclear reactor within this region that forces people to leave you know the russians know better about nuclear reactors than anybody when we think about the concepts of chernobyl so we know that if people were leaving this region and there was less people to fight within ukraine then potentially that could be a win for putin and once again, I keep going back to Alex Dugan, but when we look at Alec du- Alex Dugan's sayings, he indicated on a quote verbatim that Moscow will take, I-, I almost said Iraq, Moscow will take Ukraine or destroy the whole world in the process. And if that's being said, it could be propaganda, obviously, but we're seeing these kind of movements where we do know they've targeted this power plant before. And if you target this power plant and you're targeting the water source, it's going to infiltrate and potentially create weaknesses within the country. Now we look at what's going on outside of the country of Ukraine, and we have the targeting of the Moldova prime minister stepping down. What does it mean? Is there going to be a more strategic Russian alliance happening with Moldova? Now, I think what really shows more intent is who potentially is replacing the prime minister. So. We're going to help bear with me. So, we're the replacement for the current prime minister is going to be Doran Rikan. He is going to be the prime minister nominee taking place. Now, for me, the intention of where this could be going going could really be focused on a couple things. Now, what I want to really lay out there is that Rikanin, I got it, the new prime minister, okay, his background really aligns with. Spearheading several important reforms bringing the former Soviet Union public or Russia closer to the European Union standard. Before that, he was a deputy of prime minister information and communication technology. So he kind of understands how the Soviet Union interacted with Moldova and he's working to bring it closer to the European standard, potentially maybe implementing to see if there could be a NATO play. So if that is the intent, then it does look neutral. We're kind of going through that standpoint. But when we look at a larger whole, we just don't know. We don't know what the true influence is. We don't know what's going to happen with Moldova. And we don't know if there's a larger exterior play happening. Now, I say this because what goes on in other countries around Ukraine is really going to indicate what's going on with this war and the longevity. I talked about Turkey and the Black Sea before and the in- the influence of Ukraine's grain and how Putin has a relationship with them. Now we look at it as a whole, if we're understanding what Moldova is doing, sharing a border with Ukraine and they feel like they want to get closer to Russia, it kind of shows what their approach is. But you know, whenever you're close to NATO, you too get all of the benefits of being in NATO. That is the difference. It's like a lot of people stay made of stay within Russia if they didn't really want to be a part of it. So whatever happens within these these two situations, I think it's showing that there is a strong intent for Russia to remain fighting Ukraine. And I don't think we've seen the worst of it yet. I think after the winter time kind of transitions and we get into summer fighting months, you know, Russia is going to be more aggressive than they were before. Obviously, if they're draining a reservoir, we don't know what they're going to do. If they're bringing in the the, Wag, the Wag, Wagner group, which I've talked about before, which is crazed ex prisoners who are fighting for their freedom in Russia, you know, which really to me shows a lot of motive. You also have the Chechnyan fighters coming in, which is a result of PR and propaganda. Then you have Ukraine being trained, potentially getting tanks, more equipment. I mean, I think this fight is gonna rage on until there's some type of ceasefire. You know, what's gonna happen and who are gonna be the individuals at play. But we we are not we have, we are we are still in the thick of it for sure. And watching these cases, seeing how these different things are playing all together to me just shows a very long term and strong intent. So I wanted to keep that in mind. You know, I like to go back and forth within the Russia topic because for me too, I want to learn about it. So learning by informing is probably my best method for actually retaining information. But I just want to thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate all of the support and we'll get back to you tomorrow.